we've got to fill in from the bulletin on Sunday. We're, in, we're, we're sort of in Ephesians, but we've gone a long way from Ephesians. <laughs> and looked at some of the mysteries over a couple of weeks. The mystery of the Incarnation. The mystery of the Divine Indwelling. The Spirit within us. The mystery of the union of Jews and Gentiles. The middle wall of petition broken down between us. The mystery of the seven stars and the lampstands. The mystery of the, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Now they're the five we've covered. I wonder if you could sort of go to a main scripture that says mystery. They're in there, in those uh, references there. And just then go from there and explain from other scriptures what these things mean because they're not mysterious anymore. They were mysteries in the Old Testament, revealed in the New Testament. And the, the, it's said, isn't it, it's, it's, that the Old Testament is the New, De New Testament concealed. The, Old Te the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed, the revelation of all the types and things that were hidden in the Old Testament. And so we go on to the next mystery number six if you've got your little outline there and first corinthians fifteen fifty one is where we find that one mentioned and i don't think we should be ignorant of these things see wonderful truths to look up and discover notes everywhere <laughs> so, sorry oh, poke you <laughs> we talked about that already with that stick first Corinthians fifteen fifty one. behold I show you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall be changed do we know what it's talking about already <laughs> We shall not all sleep. What does the word sleep there in its context mean? Die. We shall not all die, but we shall be changed. Um, <clears throat> we shall be changed. And that word is used in verse 51 and 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptibly, incorruptibly and we shall be changed <laughs> looked up that word change there there's a lasso I thought to remember this one like lasso <laughs> we'll be lassoed <laughs> the Lord on his no, I was going to say white horse but that's at a different time <laughs> will come down and lasso us yes <laughs> Yep, but it's not a not a blink, is it? It's a, the movement of the eye, and so it's very, very quickly that this happens. And um, <clears throat> it, this is a mystery. This wasn't known in the Old Testament. This is new, isn't it? Sad that some people don't even still understand it. And there's two thousand years of church history gone past. Two thousand years where they could understand what it meant. 
And um, I keep looking for somebody who's unsaved to read this to and say, tell me what do you, th- what do you think that means? <laughs> and, and if they could not with their... I mean, unsaved people are blind to spiritual truth, but there is some logic in them. They, they, do, they can think logically. And they could look at that, and if you just said a few words, like sleep means dead, and uh, change means changed, la- a, a lasso, and um, exchange in the, in the concordance, the interpretation of the word. So this is a mystery. At the last trump, for this corruptible, have we all got corruptible bodies here today? Yep, they're all going downhill. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it seems to uh, get about 30, isn't it, or 40, I don't know, and things uh, start getting a little creaky, <laughs> a little grey, a little loss, <laughs> and those sort of things start happening. Um, the corruptible, not, no surprise, and this mortal must put on immortality to go out into eternity, <laughs> explaining it to an unsafe person at camp the other, the other day. He said, how? I said, we're given an immortal body that's space-proof. <laughs> oh, okay. And he just accepted that thought. That, um, <clears throat> that you know, if God's God, let him be God. If he c- could create everything with a spoken word, all the fish of the sea and the animals in, it, in, in, in the day, six days of creation, he can do anything. <laughs> and uh, it's not impossible for him to do and change that. And, for people to doubt it because of the miracle that happens, that's, they don't understand God. That they just don't understand who he is. So when this corruptible shall they put on incorruption, and you've got your new space suit, <laughs> well, it's not quite like that, but it, it could go out of this world. And this mortal shall they put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass a saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. And the ones that get taken up like that will be able to say, verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? We beat death. (laughs) Now the Lord beat death for us. And that, we hear that quoted at funerals and we can take comfort in that, but it really applies to the ones living when the Lord comes and get an immortal body in an instant, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Speed of light. (laughs) Hey, we'll have to go at the speed of light. No, we'll have to go a lot faster than the speed of light to get to heaven, won't we? Because they talk about light years and, and the millions and millions and maybe billions of light years that stars are away from us. Well, heaven's beyond them, the third heaven. So to get there, it's not going to be, oh, well, let's go at the speed of light. Let's... <laughs> let's put a rocket on and go faster the Lord you know would just be there it's time and space don't matter then therefore my beloved brethren I know verse 57 but thanks be to God who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ therefore my beloved brethren be ye steadfast because of this be steadfast unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord because of the imminent coming of the Lord Jesus Christ for as much as you know that your labour is not in vain in the Lord, he assists, he helps you do the work of the Lord. <coughs> um, 
now that's just the one verse let's just look at some other verses in relation to this Philippians this time chapter 3 and verse 10 some people say or believe according to John 16 that there is a general resurrection and a general judgment it's all in one thing but the Bible paints a very different picture it separates resurrections it separates judgments it calls them at different places at different times for different people in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10 and 11 and 12 that I might know him and the power of his resurrection this is what Paul's desire was that I'd know the Lord and the power of his resurrection the fellowship of his suffering and oh Paul did know that the, t- the troublesome times that Paul went through the fellowship of his suffering being uh, and he, he suffered the church too Paul persecuted the church and he wasn't he wasn't backward and coming forward and saying, I'm willing to suffer. I made others suffer and uh, I much more deserve this. Uh, what did he call himself? The chief of sinners. Fellowship of his suffering being made conformable to his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. He looked forward to the time when one day he'd be resurrected from the dead. Now, <clears throat> what I want you to look at is the last three words of verse 11. The resurrection of the dead. And you've heard the word before, I've used it before, but that is ek, E-K, nekron, N-E-K-R-O-N. And it means out of, from among the dead. You see, when the, it happens and we are changed and we're given an incorruptible body, we are taken out from among the dead. Not all the dead come forth at that time. Some stay in the grave. The unsaved ones stay in the grave. And, and, and that gives it right there. If we could read the Greek and we could just understand oh, out from among the, all the other dead people, yep. But we read English and it just sounds like resurrection. That's good, but a bit more detail of grammar and Greek <laughs> help us to understand that. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. He said, I follow after that I may apprehend for that that for which I am apprehended. I seize the reason for my salvation and keep moving forward. So that's another verse. 1 Corinthians, back to where we were in chapter 15. This mystery, it's no longer a mystery. Write these references and I put them in a sort of an order that is... as logical. So it's 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 58. It's Philippians, we just looked at chapter 3, verse 10 to 12. Now, these are not in the outline. There's just the main point. And then it's 1 Corinthians 15, 23. <coughs> or 22. For as in Adam all die. What does it say in Romans? Is a point under man once to die? After No, that's not in Romans. Um, Say, Hebrews 9. Um, But after that, the judgment, as by one man, that's in Romans, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, all die who are born to Adam, except for two men, Enoch and Elijah. They may die yet. Even so, in Christ shall all be made alive. How many die? 
Everybody. How many will be made alive? Everybody. <laughs> See, there's a resurrection for the saints and there's a resurrection for sinners. And they'll live eternally as we live eternally, but in a different place. Terrible place. A place that God didn't want anybody to go to, not willing that any should perish. But every man in his own what? What does that verse say? Verse 23. Order. And he's like, who, who served in the military? One, two, two men in the military. If, you, if you're in the military, there's order, isn't there? You're in your rank. You're in your place. You say, yes, sir, when they shout at you. <laughs> I don't know if they're still allowed to shout at you anymore. But uh, you do what they say and you're in your place. You don't get out of lion. And that's exactly what it means here. <laughs> it means a, a military company. Targama. T-A-G-A-M-A. A military company, a troop, or a band. In his order. This is how the resurrection will happen. In order. In what order? Well, then it tells you. You tell me what it says. <laughs> Keep. Who's first? Who's the first? Christ. Christ is the first in order. Christ the first fruits. And then what? Or who? Afterward. Afterward. E-P-E-I-T-A. It signifies a lapse of considerable time. That word, afterward, they that are Christ at his, and it's been at least 2,000 years, afterward. And it's not just tomorrow, it's not next week, but the Greek word means after a time. Those that are Christ at his coming. And so, who does that involve? So you... You know, I want you to get this. I want you to, be able to explain it to yourself and to others. Who do you think it might be? At his coming. Believers, did, you, did I hear? The church, yeah, the church. And it can mean at his coming. There's the two stages of it, isn't there? Old Testament saints, if you don't believe they were raised at Christ's resurrection. <laughs> Some, some put them back there. Uh, you see, the, the same thought is given to Daniel in chapter 12 and verse 1. You know, stand in your lot. Stand in your order. Stand in your company in the last days. And it seems that he'll be resurrected. He's an Old Testament saint. And it seems at the end of the tribulation. Sorry, Mr. Ecob. <laughs> we disagree there. But in... Uh, where are you going to be in this lot? We, we, none of us were in the first fruits. That was Christ. None of, many of us will be in the afterward. That are Christ at his coming. Uh, <clears throat> and then in verse 24, it goes on to another third group, doesn't it? It, it logically reads that way. That's just English. And Greek is better. <laughs> but then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of heaven 
and you just have to go down a few verses in verses 27 to 28 and 29 to read when that happens. Um, <clears throat> the kingdom of God, when Jesus Christ delivers up the kingdom of God to his father and said, I've, I've sorted it all out. The devil's in hell. Unbelievers are judged. Believers are judged. It's all sorted out. He delivers it back. A finished thing. A finished work the Lord will do on the earth. Um, <clears throat> when he had put down all rule and authority. And that's when another judgment, another resurrection takes place. If you go to the book of Revelation, I didn't have this one written down, just come to my mind and uh, read in chapter 20, verse 4. And we read, And when he, he saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them, and I saw all the souls of them that were beheaded with the witness of Jesus and the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark in their foreheads, or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead live not until when? A thousand years were finished. At the end of the millennium, there's going to be a resurrection. This is the first resurrection. That is, the guys that got resurrected in, or at the end of the tribulation, the tribulational saints that I just talked about blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection first resurrections Christ the first fruit they that are Christ is coming rapture and revelation and then the second resurrection is this one is talking about here at the end of the thousand years blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection on the on such the second death hath no power and they that shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are ex expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and then we know the judgment takes place in verses 12 to 15 of those who are resurrected, condemned. If you're in the second resurrection, there's no hope of eternal salvation. So <clears throat> you see those different verses and that in verse 23 is a key one of 1 Corinthians 15 to understand the order of the resurrections. Um, <clears throat> now, we mentioned before there's two fellows escaped death. They were a type of, you know, the, the, the mystery of the uh, rapture of the church, of the disappearance of Christians, was a mystery until the church took place. But a lot of times, once the revelation is given, we can go back and think, ah, ah. There's a sort of an example. Give me two examples in the Old Testament where that happened. Yes. Enoch and Elijah. Enoch was not for God took him. It doesn't say anyone saw him go, but he wasn't around. <laughs> Couldn't be found. And, and when I'm just reading in my Bible reading about Elijah this morning and yesterday morning. When he was taken, what did they go do? It's in... in in uh, where where was I? <laughs> Second Kings. <laughs> what did the some of the they searched for him? They went in a search party. Yeah. And the guy said, Elijah said, "No, forget it. He's gone. I saw him. <laughs> I saw him take off in a fiery chariot. That'd be something to look at, wouldn't it? <laughs> it, it, it wasn't a quick one, like Ross said before. This would be a, this was a little slower. 
and he went off to heaven in that chariot and his mantle dropped and Elijah got it. And he saw it happen, so he got a double portion of the Spirit of God. And when you start reading about what happened in Elijah's time, he did have a double portion. Uh, the, 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 it just things happen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so there are types of that catching away. Um, <clears throat> we'll only cover one mystery tonight. This one. There's another instance where this is hinted at. Some say it's the case. It is Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1. This mystery is, is set down. After this, that is after he'd seen the seven churches and the messages. Yeah, he was told to write the things that have been, the things that are, and the things that shall be hereafter. This is the things that shall be after hereafter after this I looked and behold a door was opened in heaven and the first voice that I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me which said what come up here come up hither uh, where am I come up here which said yeah come up here and I will show thee things which must be must be hereafter and that fits perfectly with the outline that's given in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 19. Come, this is the third part of that outline. Come up here. One day we'll hear the Lord say, Come up here. I want your home. And uh, we'll be fitted for home by the salvation we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be robed in robes of righteousness, clean and white. The righteousness of the, the Lord gave us. And will forever be with the Lord. No changing it. Now is there another portion I've missed out? If you look at your Bible, is there another portion I haven't read yet? One more section to do with this mystery. A very pointed one. A very prominent one. Ah. <laughs> Up the back there. Thessalonians, yep. I think Ariel, you, you'd mentioned that. First Thessalonians chapter 4. I did have an opportunity years and years ago when I was sitting on a log at Yakandanda on the road to Myrtleford, quoting on a dam. We sat on a log for several, I sat on a log with the other, the owner, for several hours just talking about things and these things just come up. I didn't have my Bible there, but just talking to him. And he, could, he, he understood what I was saying. He comprehended this, that this is going to happen one day. And um, with Andrew being here and now gone, it's going to happen and he believes it's a, it's a real knock-on for the... 144,000 to get saved. They just see the light. Bang. Because people have told them about it. <laughs> and I wish, I was thinking when Andrew was here, he should have got his phone, plugged it into an overhead projector, and all of us read what they wrote in the newspaper in Israel after he put his thing out in 2011. They wrote all this stuff. And they even put up preachers preaching it. This is the orthodox people. 
they probably thought people think they're mad for believing this, but they put it up and they put it on the internet in response to Andrew's distribution. And so they are hearing about it. And verse 13, this is that wonderful portion, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. Hey, why did Paul write to the Thessalonians? What, what's the reason he wrote to them? Because, they, because some of their families in the church had died. And they said, oops, the Lord hasn't come, they're dead. What happens to them? What happens to dead Christians? That's why he wrote Thessalonians. You go back to the start of it and find that. And he said, I wouldn't have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them who are asleep. That you, what does asleep mean? Dead. That you sorrow not, even as others who have no hope. He said, don't, don't worry about them. Don't sorrow like non-Christians. And he be, go to a non-Christian funeral is a sad occasion. Even for a Christian, it's a sad occasion. Go to a Christian's funeral. It's almost a time of rejoicing. <laughs> it's sad, but it's glad. They're absent and they're present with the Lord. And they're in a better place, we say. Uh, and don't sorrow like they do. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, do we believe that? Yes. If you don't believe that, you're not a Christian. <laughs> Even so, them also who sleep, who are dead in Christ, will God bring with him. By the word of the Lord, we say that we are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord, shall not prevent or go before them who are asleep, who have died. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall be rise first. Now, I believe 1 Corinthians was written first. Paul is expanding on what he taught them here. And, th and these books were distributed. Now they're in our Bible. They were distributed among the churches. And he said, non the Christians that have died will go up first. We who are alive and remain shall be caught up with an immortal body. Then we who are alive and remain caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air he doesn't touch the ground. He doesn't touch the Mount of Olives. It's in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. What are we to do knowing this truth? Comfort one another with these words. What a comfort it is at a funeral to be able to, to preach that. This is not the end. This is only the beginning of eternity in a blessed place. So that's the mystery of the translation of the saints. It was a mystery to Old Testament. In the Old Testament, not anymore. You know what the trouble is with the church worldwide? It's still a mystery. To a majority of Christi Christians, it's a mystery. What a sad thing to have such a blessed truth, the blessed hope and glorious appearance of our Saviour, to still be a mystery. When it could be a comforting factor to so many people used at many more funerals if people would just believe the word of God and uh, <clears throat> this is the thoughts I hope to get through the next one but another day the mystery of Israel's blindness <laughs>